Hello, and welcome back to episode number 27 of the Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Pin of Miami, and here at the Pin Podcast, we talk about modern topics with a vintage flair. If it is your first time listening, thank you for clicking on this podcast. I hope that you stay and subscribe. And if you're coming back, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you back. And thank you so much for listening in. Make sure that you follow the Pin Podcast on Instagram at the Pin Podcast Official or on my personal brand of Pin Up Miami. And if you have any questions, any issues, any topics you want to cover or want to be a guest on the podcast, please send me a text to one eight three three four a pin up and I will get right back to you. Now, today's episode is brought to us by Arte Luna Millinery. She does custom headpieces that are vintage inspired. Her Instagram is Arte Luna Miami. She's an artist based in Miami. She does um, bright artwork, earrings, bangles, purses, all hand painted, and, and headpieces, not the Mickey ears. My Mickey ears today is for the guests that we have today. Um, but make sure to check out her Instagram at Arteluna Millinery. And she, and it'll be on the description down below. She even does ma- handmade, like, orders, custom orders. For Halloween, she created a King Kong inspired, like, Art Deco headpiece that I wore for one of my costumes. And it was amazing. And it even had little airplanes that flew around if you moved your head. So make sure to check her out. I have the her link down below. And then today, our guest is very special and also a Disney fan. You can tell her ears if you're listening to us on YouTube, watching us on YouTube. Her name is Nikki. You can find her on Instagram, Magic Paradis. How did you get that name? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it- you know, when, when you decide to be a blogger and you're like, I need a name that will bring people here. So that was the magic part. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan. Never um, and, ah, no, it's amazing. Um, and you can start anytime now. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Um, and they have, uh, well, I don't, okay. So spoilers. There's a secret society, and it's called in um uh, well actually the secret society I won't tell you the name, okay? But they have a saying in that in that secret society, and it's in omnia paratus, which means uh, ready for anything. So paratus is a Latin word word, and it means like ready always, like always ready. So magic like. Always magic is what I want to say, kind of. But <laughs> it, it's been difficult for some people because <laughs> they know that I'm a Harry Potter fan. So sometimes they say apparatus, like oh. like a spell or something like that. Or And then, you know, it, it got confused. So I've been with it for two years now, and I don't feel that I should change it because it's part of my, my brand and my personality. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I should have chosen something easier, <laughs> you know? So that's one of the tips that I always tell people when they ask me. When you have a name, it has to be simple. It has to be something that people will remember right away. So that's it. Well, I remember your name. I just was curious uh, because I thought it was maybe because you, 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 also, you also have a podcast. Yo soy Magia, and I thought like the, your name was Paratus, so I was like, Magia. Oh, Magia. The- <laughs> so <that's-> no, <laughs> this came first. This came first, but uh, the podcast, so Magia, is because of Magic Paratus. So everything about magic, like, um, since, like, when I started socializing with other women, this is like a new thing. Um, not new, new, but, you know, when I got out of my shell of being afraid of having girlfriends, you know, uh, the, the woman always said that I was like magical. That was like a thing that they would tell me that I was so magical or like, and it was not to tell me that I was a freak. Uh, most of the time, you know, like I was weird or different. So they said you that you're magical. So that's why I took the magic. And then because I wanted my podcast to be in Spanish, then I did the magia part. But I think 
magic and magia, the word is so strong and you can use it in so many ways that I think that's why I love it on me, you know, especially if they describe me like that. <laughs> magical. Well, Disney is the most yeah. magical place. So magic and you and that's, yeah. and I love it because you love Disney as well. Yes. Disney. <laughs> So oh. tell me about your experience uh, being a girl boss. Tell me about your experience that you had when you had your business, uh, when the, like when you felt like you were a girl boss and what it means to you. So I think when we're little girls, they like you never see like you you never saw women being in that position of of giving orders and being their own boss and doing amazing things without having to to give explanations to to other people and I think it came with my it started with my mom so my mom has her her own business since it, she was in her 20s um in the beach and it was it started as a hot dog car so she, she used to sell hot dogs in the beach. And when I was 14, 15, she told me, you want to make money, come work with me, you know? And people in my school, I was in high school at that age because I was like um, advanced. So somebody figured out that I was, that I was selling hot dogs. So they started calling me <laughs> and that, embarrassed me so much you know it was it wasn't something glamorous or anything so I I like lied well I did two things I stopped working with my mom for a little bit because I was embarrassed and to my husband now when he was my my friend I told him that I worked at Subway because in my head, for me, working at Subway was better than, than being a hot dolera, you know, <laughs> like a hot dog seller. And, and th that was my first experience as a girl boss, I would say, looking at my mom and she making it by herself. Right now, she's not only, she still have that business, but she doesn't sell hot dogs anymore. She sells like a bunch of things. She got a cafeteria mm -hmm. in town. And now she has like real estate, like a bunch of real estate in, in different parts. She got the, like she bought a 2020 car cash, you know, for, from something that I was embarrassed of, you know, uh, and then I figure out, okay, so if my mom did it, then I'm going to do a little business too. So I can start doing that. But I think. The girl bossing, you know, like being a girl boss is more of a state of mind, you know, because you can be a girl boss and still work in a corporation. It doesn't have to be like a small business owner. And also you can be like a mom and be a girl boss too. So that was yes. something that, that I always want to people, you know, people don't, you don't have to be like a entrepreneur. It's not, it's not attached. You can be any type of woman and still be a girl boss in your field, like in your area. <laughs> so it has different uh, definitions, I would say, right? Well, like you, you have, um, you, yeah, you have your, your balance. You, you're a mom, you work, but you also like having fun. Yes. Right? It's super important. You don't lose that childish side. <laughs> no, I need, yeah. It's, it's so sad when people think that you're doing child things because you like Disney or because you go to Universal and do rides and people even say oh you're wasting your money traveling to Disney all the time but I do travel to other parts of the world like every year I choose a place to go this year was going to be Tokyo and California which both of them were canceled for me because of the pandemic yeah I had my money all set up and they have my money. Like my money is there in credit, so I will go. But um it's ready. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's so sad that that people like I was just today. I think I was realizing that um some people are are just thinking 
that they have to do things a certain way to be an adult. And, and it, it's not, it's not, it's not that way. You make your own way, the way that you want to be an adult and you are an adult because you have the age, you know, and you have the responsibilities. So I know there's some people, there, there are some cases of people that don't grow up kind of and they still live off of their mothers or their parents or whatever. But that's because of their personality. It doesn't, it's not because they go to Disney that doesn't make you an adult automatically because I know a lot of people that have their own business, the, they have families, they have husbands, they have degrees and they still go to Disney. Yeah, or so. even with me, people are always like, Oh, you need to be an adult. Don't wear these bright colors. Like I, sometimes I get that. <laughs> my hair is too yellow. Even my own family, they'll be like, Oh, te parece una pollita. <laughs> so. I'm like I still have, I still I bought my own house I pay my own bills I'm an adult but I could I could just like you said I could just live how I like there's no handbook to tell us what to do and another thing if you look at the generations too what people what, what you thought like they compare a lot uh, the Golden Girls mm-hmm. that they were supposed to be 50s and 60 women and you compare that to the 50s woman right now j-lo and stuff that's true it's like j-lo when stefani she's 50 so it's like um no i want to be that kind of 50 but people wanted you to even us when we look at our parents and they were 30 years old or whatever we were like oh you're old you cannot wear boots you cannot do a short skirt and and that was generational you know things that we thought we should do but we don't have to we don't have we we can set whatever we want to address as whatever we want to do and set your own standards for your life i think and you also did a, a derby yes i still well we still do it <laughs> the last time that i did it was in march this year and it was the revival because um we did the revival but then the pandemic happened like two weeks after so we met up uh, may um march 1st before the pandemic and we had a bunch of new girls that were gonna start doing it with us but it's funny because the the first time that i did it was 10 years ago the first time so we were celebrating our 10 year anniversary and then the pandemic happened so we could we cannot do that. But Derby is another way to be a girl boss. Like you feel so powerful and you, that that's when I learned to cohabitate with other women without, without uh, being afraid that or jealous or it was like a thing that people, everybody was growing and everybody wanted to grow like together. It wasn't like a thing that, they weren't, you know, sometimes women um, don't like other women to be prettier in a way. And, and that happens all the time. Like you, you always want to be the prettiest yeah. of the group or, or those are the things that the patriarchy told us, you know, that you always have to be the prettiest of everyone um, in the group and don't, don't tell your, your girlfriends who you like. Don't bring your girlfriends to your house when you're, boyfriend is there or your husband is there because they might take him away and they put us against each other so derby took that away derby i had my poor husband sometimes i had like 25 girls in my house in 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 short shorts when i say short shorts it was like (laughs) but out (laughs) because that's the way that we used to uh dress to play it was more comfortable for for moving for running so that i i recommend derby to any woman at any age definitely i'm scared of it because it's like i went to i've only gone to one derby game and i've heard derby from uh, judy justice up in pennsylvania um uh, but when i saw it i felt like everyone was just hitting each other did it hurt in my head I'm like, yes, we that, that's what we do. But uh, when you do actual <laughs> derby, you learn how to hit 
safely. It's not that you're randomly hitting people for no reason. There's rules and and there's way to do it safely and fall. Now, sometimes, and I will tell you, sometimes people will, from other teams and whatever, they will hit you on purpose and hurt you. And that has happened. But we don't like that. It's not, it's something that's frowned upon. So, but I, I do recommend, you can just be like a fan, a, a helper. There's a lot of, People that help in the in the leagues, doing points, helping in the merch table. That inclusion that you that you help them out, it will get you into that community, and it's something else, really. You can travel the world, and you can always find a friend in another derby girl. Like nothing, like instant. It's amazing. More derby games. I need to go to more derby games. Yes. <laughs> so what, before this pandemic, you were also going to school and you graduated. Yes. I, well, I graduated 2019 and I, I was supposed to start, you know, like, <laughs> uh, an epidemiologist, which is weird because I'm not working as an epidemiologist, but what the world needs is more epidemiologists, which is, people that will, you know, help with this pandemic in communities and in the hospitals to, to teach people how to behave, actually. You know, uh, the epidemiologists work in the public health department, and they usually help the doctors, the nurses, and staff to recognize the signs to prevent. So it's mostly prevention. Although my my type of uh, epidemiology that I chose is mental health. So mine is not as necessary here <laughs> in in this, you know, because they're mo- more focused on, on vaccines and treatment and people that will do the drugs to, to get it better, the COVID-19. But I think that there's a... There's a need for, for, for public mental health in this era. People are just in their house going through things. They cannot go out. They can, even Disney is one, one way that you, you know, like you, your mind, you let your mind be free and be happy for a second. And some people are not going to Disney anymore. And that was their, their therapy. So I think public health is super necessary at this time, uh, you know, that we're living. It's crazy how you brought that up because I've noticed a lot of people that I follow online or even when you go um, to talk to family, everyone's talking about some mental issue like, oh, I'm going crazy at home or, (laughs) you know, cabin fever. Um, Is there like any... Anything you found beside that you could do at home, maybe since you have experience that you could do at home to make you feel better. Is there something you could do or chatting online or does that make things worse? <laughs> well, uh, things that I seen people, it, it all depends because all different, uh, pe- you know, people have different illnesses like mental illness if it's mental illness or if they have like a pan if they have panic attacks or anxiety due to this pandemic which might not be a chronic disease you know illness because it's just happening because of the pandemic so we have people that already had the illness that is bringing the illness with them through the pandemic and there's people that are developing this this illnesses and this uh behaviors due to the pandemic so i see a lot of anxiety that that can be but each person works different so it's a lot of listening to your own body understanding what you're going through always talk to people uh you know like talk to friends or family about it. There's a lot of telemedicine that you can do online with psychologists, with psychiatrists, and even hotlines of 
of people that is just like a peer to peer, you know, like another person that can understand you. And those are free. There's a lot of free lines that you can call just to say, Hey, today I don't feel a hundred percent, which is cool. But I think, um, a lot of the, the anxiety is because it's uncertain what we're living. So it's pretty normal that we feel even people that are happy most of the like I I consider myself a really stable person like I'm pretty sure I'm mostly happy all the time and people tell me that you know it's not that I'm happy with everybody but I'm like a happy person and I have felt I have felt depression you know like I have felt down like oh I don't feel good and then that's why I started traveling again in September 30th I was like I think I'm gonna travel because I don't feel good here and I'm gonna do everything that I can to travel safety with with my N95 with with my face chill my bottle of alcohol and I travel and I felt good and I did my tests when I went and came back you know and I, I still, neg- I'm still negative. I travel four times this year, three times to Florida and one, one time to Boston. And, but I was like super, super, super safe. I, I think inside what I think, you know, but it, it could happen to anyone and it could happen in the supermarket too. So that's why everybody's like anxious because they don't know. And then some, the, Another thing that you have to consider is that people are putting in doubt that it doesn't exist. So if people are telling you that this doesn't exist and you are doing all of this stuff to keep safe for something that doesn't exist, that will make you like mad at the world, you know, like this doesn't even exist and they, they have me here. In my house, I want to go out. I want to make money and then financial problems too. That's why I say you have to check on all your friends, even the strong ones, even the rich ones, the ones that you think are rich and are good financially. You don't know what's going on now. So always it's it's like a rule. Check on your friends and your family. Check on the strong people. That's true. And people are being like going back to what you said about people thinking that it's fake and then and not doing enough or not even the minimum. Like at my job, um, I I work at a warehouse during the day and the boss there, he didn't tell anybody that his daughter had covid. I only overheard it in a conversation and he got upset when I asked him to leave to go to get tested because I told him you don't give you don't pay me enough to get health insurance so I can't afford to get sick and he just laughed it off saying oh Jennifer you're just so worried this is fake and then even today for example I got in an argument because I told him can you please put on your mask I have mine on the whole time but I'd like for you to put it on because I don't feel comfortable that you still have dinner with your daughter that has COVID and he just laughs it off and for me, you know, I, I get anxiety at work because I don't feel comfortable working there. So then my job gets a little hectic. So I could see how that could affect if you're like going out a lot. That's why I don't go out a lot. <laughs> so people, I live in a community, like a close community, and they think this is like a bubble. They actually think they live in a bubble and nothing happens in here. So they are living their life as nothing is happening outside they what i can tell you is they they mostly stay inside here so they don't go out that much it's a military community but oh, i forgot to say that you're in puerto rico yes from everyone <laughs> yeah yeah i live in aguadilla oh my god i already said where that oh. i live in so you know people you're doing it wrong sorry <laughs> i don't care anyways yeah i live in a secluded area so there's not much people here. There's not much um, metropolitan stuff. So it's like a rural 
area. But anyways, these people are like crazy. They, they, they do whatever they want. They're together. They don't use masks. They go to the pool. They go to the gym. They go like they live their life as whatever they're doing parties and everything. And I'm scared because I'm always in, well, I'm in my house most of the time, or I go to my family's house, but my son, he's 14. He likes to be in the community, like with his friends. And the problem with this disease is that whatever your friend is doing is something that could happen to you. So like you said, with your boss, if his daughter, even though she's not in the warehouse, had COVID, it's like she's in the warehouse because you don't know if he's carrying it. So that's the same with my son. Um, I always tell him, you don't know if you're going to bring that in the house because of your friend having a mom or a dad or another friend that has it. So I did a test for my son uh, a couple of weeks ago and he, he came negative for both the the illness, you know, like the virus and the antibodies and we, the antibodies. No, none of us have it, but then you have to do it again. The problem is we don't have enough testing, you know, like it's super difficult to get it. If you don't have a good health care plan, you have to pay. So, and then you have to, you can do it today and then have it tomorrow. So I well, think I was lucky. It was free. At least in my county, it's free. So I'm able to go whenever I want. I just need to make an appointment. That's amazing. Yeah, and I know CBS, the pharmacy, sorry, not sponsor. And, <laughs> and Rite Aid, sorry, not sponsor. Uh, they, they have it for free. And if you don't have a healthcare plan, then they will charge the, the state. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's good to know. And you need an appointment too. So you have to do it like a week or more uh, in advance because it gets full. But I, that's what I was doing when I went to Florida. I will do mine here and then the other one in the pharmacy. It's, and it's- to to go back to, um, I'm going to say this wrong, epimidiophagist. <laughs> I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of program, like, are you most proud of that you want to help the most in? Yeah. So when when I started, uh, the the first thing that happened to me, which was why I changed from medicine to public health in the in medicine school, was that my son got a black eye from a seventh grader. He was in fifth grade and a seventh grader hit him and made a black eye. So I wanted to focus on teenagers, right? And like teenage. And then when I started doing that, I created something that was called uh, the sidewalk project, which is trademark. And, (laughs) and it's, it's about teaching kids in the sidewalk. Right. So I, it was like teaching them about LGBT communities, about anti-bullying. It's an anti-bullying program. So it was about that, but through games and bringing special people into the sidewalk while they wait for the bus. So catch them right there. What? You catch them right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have that free time and that's how my son got the black eye. So when I started going into that, into teenagers, I noticed that there was a health inequality in the LGBT community because at that point, when you're a teenager, it's when you're kind of figuring, like activating sexually and whatever. So I started looking into what happens when these kids that don't know a lot about, about sexuality are gay, you know, like they figure out, okay, I'm gay. What happened to, what happens to them after that? Because we don't teach, um, like sexual, sexuality in terms of LGBT community. We only do a heterosexual, uh, sexual health class. 
So without having sexual health for LGBT communities, you're creating an inequality there. And then if you put uh, the transgender people in that too, because sometimes you figure out that you're gay, but sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not gay, I'm transgender. But they don't, if you don't teach them, if you don't normalize it, then people don't understand what it means. So that was another thing. And, um, so my, my, the field that I like the most is, uh, LGBT community and teenage years because there's so much inequality there that we need to work on. And for the polls, um, uh, when, when the, when the, uh, polls shooting happened, I was called in, I lived in Tampa, so I was called in to do a grief counseling. Mm. So that was for, for families that lost people in post. And obviously most of them were gay or, or gay parents, gay friends that were there. But I noticed that people were there, but they didn't really know that their kids were gay or they haven't seen their kids for 10 years because they throw them out. But then they went there, you know, to the grief counseling because they did lost a, a kid, even though they, they didn't reconnect or they didn't have the chance to reconnect. So that's another program that I started working on. And that's hopefully the one that I'm going to bring live once I'm outside, which is helping people families reconnect after they they disconnect due to the mostly the parents t uh, throwing out their their teenage kids you know so it's like really special to me to to help on that because you wouldn't know that it happens and it's a grieving process for both the kid and the parent I find so. this so intriguing because I, 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 I never went through that. So hearing it from you, it really gives me like really an open eye of like the other side, like how, what somebody else is going through. And these are even no needed and see how this would be necessary and really helpful because there's no resources. Again, like at least looking into the mainstream or what I've seen through life, I've never seen a program like that or a topic like that at school. I, I didn't even think about sex ed and including things like that either. It, and you're right. It has to do all about education because if not, it's for like me, like I, I never say that I know everything. Look, I learned something new about all my, every guest I have and something new about life. And just listening to this, it really makes me think about, up on your friends because you never know what they're going through it's just like you're gonna check up on these kids to like because you don't know what they're going through especially the shooting i didn't even think about you know what if they never even came out to their parents and then they find out about that it just leads you to a whole that's a whole different like another topic on top of a big topic and i know i can't imagine it, it, it's happening in the pandemic too uh, when, when you are inside quarantine with these people that you're, they're your parents and whatever, but you are not a hundred percent with them. And then you're like, okay, so I want to invite a friend. I cannot, I want to dress up for a show because I'm a drag queen, but they don't know. So I cannot do it in my house. I want to watch this show that I like, but they're always here. So I cannot watch it. So there's a lot of people that are in the closet but really 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 in the closet now because they cannot go out so they kind of have two choices live like a half life during quarantine and not show that part or come out during quarantine so i have seen a lot of tiktoks and i know you're a fan because you're an awesome tiktoker <laughs> uh, that and and I have seen a lot of people coming out during the quarantine too, but it's um it's it's something it, if we have awareness like straight people like us you know and you become allies but also educate yourself you know what's gonna happen that when you get that cousin or a kid if you if you like for example I don't know my kid might be gay you know or I get another kid and it's gay. If you already had the education when you were a teenager, 
as an adult, you won't find it that weird. You don't find it difficult. You don't find it different because you already have the education. It's not strange. It's normal. And if we create that normalcy, it, and that's the the health equality that we need. It, it's not only in health. I I talk about health because that's the part that I that I think is important. But it, it comes to a lot. It, it's about the law, the way that if you're gay, you don't get to to share the marriage sometimes, and then the health plan. If both of you work and one of you doesn't have a health plan because you're gay, you cannot have the health plan. I go. I graduated from a university that gave me a discount because my husband was in the military, but it was because I was a woman. If I was um, a man, even though I was married to a military person, they won't give me the discount. Oh, wow. Because they, they have the the family values clause and they don't want to give the discount to gay couples. Actually, I don't think you can go to that school if you're gay. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> and my, my, my husband always says, like, it's weird that you went to that school. And I'm like, well, I got a doctorate anyways, really cheap. And to make it worse, I'm going to help the gays, <laughs> you know? So. And you'll change the way the school thinks, hopefully, in the long run. No, I no, oh. no, I don't think so. It's really, really, really bad. It's really bad. But the degree is the degree. I got it for cheap, and I'm going to do with that whatever I want anyway. So the only problem that I see is in the future, if I want to go to with a nonprofit corporation, and then they see my degree being from that particular university, they might be like, <laughs> how do we trust you when they don't want us? But then I will be like, I'm a ninja. <laughs> You're proven by all your experience in helping people (laughs) in the community. Because not only do you help people with these programs that you're planning, um, but you also help people through your Instagram. You have, you're a ninja on your Instagram. Yes, that too. Cha, 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 cha. You put positivity and notes. Like your stories are always very positive, and I love the detail in them. I hope, I hope that I do bring positive positivity but not toxic positivity like right now um you know i'm going through my dog we had to put him down it's super sad it was just today and i i had to share one of my stories today and what i what i said was i'm super sad i cried i have cried a bunch of times but my my dog only brought me happiness so that's what i want to commemorate with him or about him so today i'm gonna show you something that is happy even though i'm sad it it doesn't take away the sad and that's that's one of the things you cannot be like toxic positive you know like you have to have a balance sometimes you will be sad bad things happen to you we are not perfect but we can always look at the good side of life because we have we have a lot of things to be grateful compared to to other people. So I'm glad, like I said, I lost him today, but I had him for 16 years, 16 amazing years. So why would I be wow. sad about that? Hmm. That's a great way of looking at it. So I and still share I- my today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a couple of questions from uh, the listeners. They sent it to me on Instagram. Are you ready? No. Oh. They'll be fun and simple. Uh, What is your favorite Disney park? Okay. Um, I feel like I answered this before. (laughs) Um, My favorite Disney park for decorations is... Magic Kingdom, and also because of the parties. I love the parties, like the Halloween party and the Christmas party. And I have never gone to a villain, uh, the villains party, but I want to go. So I would say Magic Kingdom and decorations. 
but I like all the parts. Like I like Animal Kingdom to eat. I like Epcot to get drunk. Can I say that? (laughs) (laughs) And what's the other park? Oh my God. Maybe I don't like that part. Oh, Hollywood Studios. Actually, I, I, that's the least, not favorite, not least favorite, but the least that I go, the, the one that I go the least, I would say. I don't Hollywood like all the changes because Hollywood Studios is so random now. You got Star Wars World. You either go there for Star Wars, Toy Story, and then you got a old Hollywood. But then it has Aerosmith. I don't know. It's super, <laughs> yeah. It's all random. And it happened with Dapper Day this year. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see people because if they went that way, you went the other way, gone. Because by the time that they go the other, you don't see them. It's not an easy part. And I wanted to see the... The snowman that they have by the store, I never see. I've seen him once, and I've been to that park like a hundred times. I only see him once because I haven't. I can't find him. I don't. I never you, seen. I never, you see, there's a snowman. a snowman. You don't know about the snowman? No, no. Now you have a for next time. <laughs> yeah, there's a snowman. It's super cute. It's by the what Christmas. Is- I never been there during Christmas. No, no, it's a Christmas store the whole year. Oh, oh. and there's a snowman the whole year. Oh, I gotta see them. I'm gonna look it I, up on I, online. <laughs> what is uh your favorite Dapper Day experience? What is your favorite Dapper Day experience? Being with my friends, I think. Dre- well, dressing up, of course, because you like figure it out from months, and you're like, oh, I find it. I'm gonna find uh, you know like you get super excited or making stuff or 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 ordering on Amazon today the the day before because you need something and hoping it so it's like a, it's like different experiences either you create something you find something in the thrift shop or or you are like an Amazon person so I'm kind of a little bit of each um so i like the the part that when i'm making stuff and creating the outfit but seeing my friends and hanging out with people that you know that you're gonna find so we missed you this year a lot (laughs) but i love your outfit your green one oh my god i think you said you uh, thrifted it yes ten dollars it it's gorgeous it was gorgeous and they didn't even know what they had. <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, this is for me." Please. That's always good when you find something. I know. <laughs> Let's see. How was Disney during COVID? Okay, so Disney, I loved it. Um, for now, because first of all, well. I canceled, you know, when they send uh, for that annual pass holder, they send if you wanted to cancel your your pass, mm-hmm. you could cancel it. So I did that. I canceled. I canceled because I didn't have any hope that I was going to Disney. I didn't like what I was seeing in people. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to travel. Let me call them. So I called them and they allowed me to renew my, my pass which was amazing. They're not selling any annual pass right now. And um, the days that I went, I went a Friday to Magic Kingdom. It was good. I had fun. I ate. I sat down. You you take amazing uh, castle photos because they don't let you take your mask off. So people are not time. They're not standing there as much. Um, and there was no, it, there, there was no crowd the day that I went and it was a Friday. But, um, the things that I loved the most were the rides, especially the shows that you sit down. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to Animal Kingdom. I sat down in this stuff to be a bug. I had like protection here, protection here. Chip, chip, chip. Nobody touched me. No, you know, like I couldn't, nobody sat by me. If you were a party of one, you will get the whole cocoon for you. So that was like a dream come true. And I hope they keep that forever because they were not, they were not limiting the, the seats. It was just that you, 
you were like in a fiberglass everywhere. So I think they should keep that and, and people don't have to like touch each other. And it's clear. It doesn't do anything. And, uh, but everything else was good. Now, if you see the crowds, because I went in for Dapper Day the next day, it was a lot. Like people are starting to come in. And for the photos that I see, from the photos that I see, it's getting crowded. And people, mostly tourists, and they don't care. They touch you. They shove you. So it's like you have to be careful. I don't know what's going to happen next uh, year now because they think because time is passing, it's okay. Everything is good. But it's that's not the point. So. Yeah, I see the pictures and I see a lot of people. And I've always, even before, it was funny how people brought babies that couldn't even hold their heads up. <laughs> like, you know, relax. Uh, you ever seen the, and you're in line and you see the parents that have the baby and they're so oh, little? Well, I didn't see a lot of babies. I saw a couple, but not a lot of, actually, I didn't see a lot of kids okay. that much. So I always find it weird when people bring their newborns to Disney. I don't know if it's just me, but I find it weird. <laughs> well, I took my son out when he was two weeks to Target. That was the first time because I needed to go out. And then, after, yeah, but not to Disney, not to Disney, but to the supermarket. Yeah, and Disney. Stuff. But sometimes I'm like, why are you outside with this kid and it's hot? He will die. Or I'm thinking you don't know who everyone else has. Like this, you know, they're all from all over the world because Disney brings everyone from. Let's see. So hi, the next question I have for you is how do you curate your content on Instagram? Like what inspires you? Do you have anything that you look at or something that inspires you with your. So for me right now, I think I found my niche, I would say, because before. I wanted to be like a Disney girl and I don't think I'm a Disney girl now. You know, like I tried, I was trying to figure out who I, who I was as a, as a blogger and as a Instagrammer or whatever. And I think my brand is spooky stuff, like cute spooky. I will call myself quirky spooky. So I think I like Halloween a lot, as you can see. <laughs> and yeah, I wear like oh yeah so I'm like I'm a goth I would say even though I look happy and pink <laughs> you know like but I'm I'm still like a, I, the music that I listen and the, the way that I feel I would say so I think that that's what I'm going for right now I'm just going with Disney vibes and Halloween vibes and uh, mental health. Like I said, I always put a little bit of mental health in it and letting people know what's going on in the day. So that kind of, that's what I'm doing. Like if you see my page, you will see like posts, 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 and then you will see like quotes about like little quotes that will, that will, make you think and if you look at the caption you will see a little more on that but right now I have one that is super uh famous kind of because I have like thousands of shares on that one and itself it says if you if you feel something you know if you feel the words as an attack you should check your privilege you know if the truth feels like an attack you should check your privilege. And it's, it's one of the most uh, uh, famous quotes that I have in my page right now. But it's superficial if you think about it. But then if you, well, superficial is, oh, it's the truth. But it, when you really, really think about it, there's so many things that we, and this is not only white people, which goes a lot with white privilege, but also talks about, us as straight people, the privilege that we have over over um, uh, LGBT, or even people in straight size like me that have uh, privilege over people that are plus size, and are things that that we're not seeing, and we think, oh no, 
uh, that doesn't apply to me. There's a lot of things that apply to us that we have to to work on. Like when in my podcast, uh, I talk about about uh, fat phobia. And it's something that I used to do and think a lot, you know, because I was create, you know, the the way that I was raised, it was like thinking fat people are, you know, like less than you because they're fat and we can laugh at them and bully them and whatever. And because we like I have this, you know, like unlearn a lot of behaviors. Now uh, I think um, I feel more comfortable helping that community and trying to destroy fat phobia first in me, inside me, and then in others too, even though I'm not from that community. And that's what we need to do, like take all the the causes and help everybody. Yeah, that's true. I, I, be, I was always born fat. And for me, I had, I never had fat phobia because I was fat, but uh, my parents, I felt like had fat phobia even though I've always been big. So it's always been like a mental struggle in my head, trying to feel like I'm enough. If my, my parents don't even think I'm enough because I'm fat. So that's what I try to do when I do my events and I always empower women. So because even your own family, at least in my case, that would treat me that way, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, but what you said at the beginning that you didn't have fat phobia because you were fat, that's not always the case. There's a lot of people that are fat that still have fat phobia, you know, oh. because the <laughs> the world teach you that you, you're wrong, like something is wrong with you, you know. Fat yeah, is <laughs> so it's like the worthiness of the of the person is um equals to whatever the society wants to think so that's that's another topic right there that i will talk a lot and and my friend like my co-host in my podcast we talk a lot about that because she she is a fat woman and she's like an super super advocate on on that um and i love that we're together in that podcast because we're so different in everything and we fight a lot <laughs> about our ideals but i know she learns from me and and i learn a lot from her too and being exposed that exposed that awareness makes you a better person i think so all right so i'm gonna make sure everyone follow her podcast yo soy magia you're on all podcasting platforms and yes. your Instagram is magic. Parat I, I always want to say paratus, but <laughs> magic paratus. As long as you understand. <laughs> paratus, paratus, you guys know. I'll also put it in the description down below. And Nikki, do you have any yes, questions for me? I do. Yes, it's my moment now. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my mic? I want one of those big mics too. Okay, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so I was wondering, you know, because you, I'm a, I'm a podcast listener. I'm a podcaster, but I'm a podcast listener. You were one of my top podcasts this year. You know that because I tag you. I love it, and that, <laughs> this is my favorite part when people ask you stuff. So, um about your pinup. I was super excited because I didn't know you had this pinup groups like that, you know, and I didn't know you started this, but I I heard in in the episodes that you were talking about why you created them because you felt like you were the only one doing that. And I wanted to ask you if you feel that now you are included in that community that now you have a way, uh, you know, like a place to go. If it's better, if, if it's worth it, let's say, is, is it worth it? What all that you've done? I would say it's worth it. I feel like uh, the community that I've built is grown into something more than me um, because the people that I have gotten involved, have also done their own events, even being just part of Pin South Florida, uh, also, pinups at the zoo. I have to put my trust in people to put on the events because I don't live in these locations. But it's like a piece of me that's there because they always reach out, or um, it just feels more than me, if that makes sense. And uh, the only time is if I, I leave the bubble of something that has been connected to me, then I don't belong still. But I feel like that's all kind of 
thing since I've always felt like I was the outsider. Um, but when it comes to anything that has to do with any of the people that I've met or associated with the groups or the car scenes that I've associated with myself with opportunities that I've had, it's totally different than when I go to a, a rockabilly weekender that I know nobody. And, but I think it's normal when you go somewhere new, you feel like an outsider. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that I think that's the way that everybody feels. Like, I felt that way when I wanted to include myself in things. And you still feel like, oh, I don't belong in that. It's like we don't belong, in, we don't belong in, the, in the regular world. We're, like, special, I think. You're special magical. in your way. Yeah, we're magical. People, people are afraid of that. I know people have told you stuff when you're like in regular life in the supermarket and people will be like, is that a wig? Why do you have yellow hair? Why do you dress like this? You know? Or the number one thing I get is that um, since I always wear poofy skirts, adrenaline, um, and I always wear a corset. So like, you know, I'm bigger, but I have like a little waist and a poof. I always get called little Bo Peep. <laughs> always so little Bo Peep. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I like it because I think when I think of little Bo Peep, I think it's cute. So I take it as a compliment or when little girls like car shows think I'm a princess. Um, but that's, I feel like they could be a princess too. And that's what I tell them. Just do it, dress how you like it, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> yeah. And Sometimes it's sad though. People would call me Minnie Mouse and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but it's not that I use the ears outside because I never use my ears in in regular life. But people are like, oh, Minnie or Disney or whatever. I'm like, I feel sometimes that it's like a not a compliment, like an insult. <laughs> like yeah, trying to some people the way that they you say out it. to separate you. I'm like. Yeah, or oh, I, I I see what you mean because there are some compliments that that they sound like compliments, but they really mean it in a negative way. Yeah. Um, and I just try to ignore them the best that I can. I'm not gonna say that I'm really good at ignoring some of them, but I really try to think of the positive and be like, well, I'm not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. Let me keep going. <laughs> so, because a lot of people don't like the way I dress, or some of the dresses that I make that they're too much or too um you know what do you call it a detailed i didn't make this one but i like colors even though i used to be a mortician and i wore all black all the time um i always had the inner color (laughs) raging to come out now i think you dress amazing it's it's a lot of effort to have you know to dress like that all the time because it's difficult to find clothes like that in regular store, too. So I commend you for that. I wanted to be a pinup girl. And that's why <laughs> you're, you could be such a pinup girl. You got you got it. And, oh, and I love your recent, I know it's going to be so random, but I love your recent post of Trader Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? That was, that was like a thing. I'm like, I need to do this. And I did it outside. In the patio, I don't know why some, I thought of pin up and traders. Why you just? <laughs> well, some some girls were like, um, "Are you doing a TikTok?" I'm like, "No." It looks like you're doing a TikTok. I'm like, I'm not dancing or anything. I was just standing <laughs> for the photo, but you know, I was dressed up or whatever. But yeah, I'm so happy about that. It's so weird. <laughs> I loved it. I think it's because I saw a pinup and going to Trader Sam's dressed up and taking that just that all happened in my head right now. <laughs> Unrelated, but imagine if but I whenever go, you want to come down to Miami, imagine hang if out. I go to one of your pinup at this dress of Trader Sam. If I go, that would be amazing, right? Weird. Yeah, I would do that. Yes, I, I wonder if somebody have done it like a pinup style. Pinterest. Could be a thing. Well, thank you, Nikki, so much. It means so much. It's such an honor to have you on this show. I know this is the second recording we've had. I was going to say, I wasn't going to say. But I appreciate it. And um, I really loved it. I learned a lot in this episode. 
I learned a lot about you and about topics that I really didn't have my mind open to, and I really appreciate it. Uh, and next week, I have Crystal from the my um, the theater down in South Florida. She's going to talk about her music and being quarantined with her own music and acting skills. So we're going to see how being an actor in quarantine is next week. <laughs> I'm excited for Thank that. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you all, and I hope to see you all next week.